0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See bball B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome into At the Podium. This is episode 14.5, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist, NFL. That's K-I-S-T. Two pressers on the docket today. First up is defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz, who not only has to explain the loss and what happened to the Dallas Cowboys, but he also has the Los Angeles Rams high-powered offense to deal with coming up next on the schedule. And then next up in these press conferences is offensive coordinator Mike Groh. Who is getting a lot of heat, and that heat, in my opinion, is well deserved. The offense is stale, lacks fresh ideas, the necessary adjustments that either come too late in the game or never come, and the results have been incredibly poor, especially when compared to last year. In fact, Brandon Lee Gouten, may he forever reign, wanted to chime in on this, and his message on this topic was quote, "Grow TFO," unquote. Pretty sure you can decipher what that means, and I'm with him. It's time for a change. So. You may not have heard that John Filippo has been let go from the Minnesota Vikings as offensive coordinator. Many are calling for the Eagles to bring him back. It's hard to see that when he wants to call plays and he can definitely get a play calling gig at offensive coordinator elsewhere. But I would also be less surprised if they brought him on this year right now in an advisory role. But who knows? Uh, it's a situation worth monitoring and, and we'll track it, of course. All right, time to hear it from the men themselves. Jimmy Schwartz up first, then Mike Rowe. Let's kick it over to these press conferences right now.
2: Make sure his confidence stays high after a play like that.
1: You know, he, he felt such a responsibility. And, you know, that's what's good about
3: players, players that, that feel that responsibility. You need to have a short memory for a corner, but, um, you know, there's no other plays after that. Um you know, I, I think I we, we, we really don't worry too much about Russell. That's one of one of the things he's he's good at is um, putting some stuff behind him and uh, moving on to the next one. It's just tough when I mean you're moving on to getting on the bus. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, I, I've been I've been very impressed with the way. He's battled through some tough spots this year and um, has been there for us, and I, I, I think we'll, he'll continue on the right track. He
4: looks visibly, he looks... visibly upset, uh, uh, you know, understandably visibly upset after that play. What, what did you need to say to him
3: in that in that moment? Uh, there you know, the that that's that's just one play in that game, and I mean that's that's the way every game goes. You know, I mean, guy guy drills a long field goal first play of the game. We we get a takeaway and sort of. You know, through a technicality, we don't get to take away. And, um, you know, just so many different plays within um, within a game that you can point to every single one of those as, you know, the, the, the turning point of the game. Um, those guys know that. I mean, he took it tough. I think if you have a camera on just about any player um, at that point, they all would have looked the same. You know, it's a gut punch and um, – you know, it's it's life in the NFL. We need to bounce back from it. It was tough. It was it was tough, tough way to finish a, 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 a very important game. They,
4: uh, said he was still battling that hamstring, kind of going in and out. Uh, how tough is it to balance whether you, you put him in a game or you, you want to get him out of there, and how many players you
3: have available? Well, yeah, I mean, it is that, that is what it is. I mean, it, um, you know, he was he was. Um, Going good early in that game, another guy made some good tackles for us and um had a big p b u um you know then he he started feeling a little bit um trainers took him in um and then after the half, they thought that he'd be ready to go again. He was out and made a couple nice plays for us, but then it was pretty obvious that that um that he wasn't running the way that he could. I don't think on the touchdown um that was the issue. I think he was in good position and just just the guy made a great throw, and he didn't really finish it. But you could really tell on the next one, the guy sort of ran right past him, and, and Sid was off, and it was obvious then that he couldn't um, couldn't run well enough to do his job, so we had to take him back out again. But like all our other players, he's game, and he's out there battling. He's trying to do whatever he can to help the team. He knows the position we're in with our corners, and he's trying his very best. But it's up to us at times to be able to say, okay, that's you know, let's call it a day. And that's what we had to do late in that game.
4: Yeah, he's a hard, hard guy to kind of evaluate and project because he came in with a lot of expectations but has been dealing with a, a good amount of injuries. Uh, I'm just curious how you, how you do it, how you, how you look at, at him.
3: Well, you look at him like he's a young player that's had to battle through a lot of injuries. I mean, last year, you, get, you got to take last year out of the equation because that, you know, that we, we knew going in what we were going to get. So you really can't, I mean, we, we, we bought that issue. So we certainly don't, um, you know, hold that against him in any kind of way. But there's a lot of players that, you know, experience injuries early in their career, late in their career. The the hardest time to experience injuries is when you're new to a team. You know, you're assigned um, free agent, you know, and that guy goes and gets hurt because the spotlight's on you. You're a high draft pick and you get hurt. I think you guys probably have a lot of those situations um, here. You know, a guy comes in. Um, drafted high and everybody's expecting him to come in and, and be a key contributor and he's just not able to um, for whatever reason and uh, I think he probably puts uh, we put Sid in that um, in that category um, you know he's he's done some really good things for us this year playing the nickel early in the season um, I, I, I thought he by, the, by this time he was really going to um, you know there was some on the job training but by this time I really thought that he would have really taken off, but, you know, got injured, wasn't able to do it, then had to move outside with our injuries. Um, you know, it's not just his injury. It's the other guys, too. You know, he hadn't really been able to play the same position. So uh, we'll be patient with it. Um, you know, he's, he's working as hard as he can to contribute to the team. We know that.
2: Jim, you've got Mills out on the sideline. <laughs> Even though he's injured in the situation, you guys are in a cornerback. How much is his leadership in games and his his personality important on that sideline?
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things that um, that he brings to us as he brings that competitiveness. And um, he's he's a he's a really good teammate. It's not just with the defensive guys. He's a really good teammate for the offensive guys. He's always talking to the the gunners and the vice guys when they come off the field. You know, Jalen's obviously not going to come back for us this year. But he's finding a way to contribute regardless of that, and um, you know we're all thankful for that.
4: Jim, we talked a few weeks ago about, um, I think it was the Giants and how they come out of the huddle uh, with tempo, speed. It, I don't okay. think the Ram, a team does it as well as the Rams. Um, what is that? What does that do to a defense? And does that does that affect personnel too? Um, I mean, it's different. It's a different type of tempo because if a team goes no huddle, that that. Yeah, you
3: know, I think I know where you're going. The Rams don't substitute very often. Um, I mean, they stay in 11 personnel pretty much the entire game. Um, You know, I mean, the, the games that we have in our breakdown, it's like 99%. Even in short yardage and goal line, they're in the same personnel group. And they also don't have a lot of situational subs where they use different tight ends a little bit using 81 and 89 or switching a different wide receiver in. They pretty much stay with the guys that are in there and play that. So um, with that way, it does make it a little bit more difficult to sub. We're going to have to be um, surgical with our substitutes, uh, particularly on third down. You know, we like to roll our defensive line. Haven't been able to do that as much as we've, um, have we, we have in the past. But anytime you're going sub, you've got to hurry on, hurry off. And then also you got to be able to communicate quick um you know they turn around and break the huddle and snap the ball um you gotta you got everybody's got to be on the same page when it happened they did it a little bit last year um they've taken it to a different level this year and we've seen it for some different teams giants um the saints did it an awful lot we didn't react very well to it against the saints um that had to do with a lot of the big plays we gave up in that game um but you know we, we have a little bit more experience with it now and some of our players have gained a little bit more experience that, that hadn't seen it before, young players that are playing. Um, so we have, we have to do a better job. That, that, that's one of the keys. I mean, you have Gurley and you have golf and you have cooks and, you know, just keep them just keep them going. There's a lot of really good players over there. Um, but what they do tempo wise is every bit as much a challenge as their, their talent that they put on the field.
0: What is it about
4: there their scheme or the way they operate that allows them to be so productive despite, you know, just just sticking with that
1: same personnel grouping?
3: Well, they it's not just one. Well, all their guys are sort of interchangeable. They can use their tight ends as wide receivers. You'll see their wide receivers line up and block sort of like tight ends would. You'll see them close to the offensive tackle. They'll stay. Not many teams you see wide receivers stay in the protection and protect. Um, the Rams do. So even though they're in one personnel group, it really plays like like four different personnel groups for them because of the interchangeable. You know, the, all their tight ends can be a wide out. Most of their wide outs can be a tight end. The running back can be a wide receiver. He can be a running back. And he can also line up in some tight end positions and some of their empty stuff. So, um, you know, to, to say they, they stay in one personnel group, yeah, the jersey numbers stay the same, but the way they're using them, you know, And you guys know how how much we value multi dimensional players on defense, and it gives you the ability to, you know, to be able to play a lot of different ways. Well, they're sort of the offensive counterpoint to that.
2: Does the
3: way they operate in any way, does it make it more important to sort of mask what you're doing defensively till later in the clock, a lot is made of McVay? Being in goss here until the communication cuts off. Yeah, last year they were probably doing a little bit more of that than this year. Um, they've counterbalanced that. I don't know what the best way to say they've they sort of complemented that with the quick operation. So I mean, they they come out of the huddle and that ball snapped. When I mean everybody is set for a millisecond, and that ball is uh, that ball is snapped. So if you're worried about disguising, and you're t- you're not going to be in position to play to play. So there's the combination of both of those things that um, that you have to uh, balance. What did you
4: see in the last two weeks Detroit and Chicago that offense, the Rams offense?
3: Um, you know, each one's a little bit different. The, the uh, both games are on the road, and we're not we're not playing them here. We, we're going to Los Angeles, so I think that was one thing. I think um, you know you you can tell how much good pressure. Um, can change things. I think that was probably the biggest thing that came out of the Bears game. Um, Khalil Mack was um, a bit of a wrecking crew out there. We have guys that can do that. Um, we have guys that can get around the quarterback. And, um, um, you know, they, they also did a good job of of limiting the big plays. That's a team that's made a lot of explosive plays down the field. And I thought that uh, Chicago in particular um, did that. And I think in both games you saw takeaways. Um you know, that's that's a that's a pretty good formula to play in those good. Get some pressure on the quarterback. Doesn't necessarily have to be blitz. Chicago didn't blitz a whole lot. Um, you know, limit to big plays. Um, get some turnovers. Yeah, check. One of those
4: guys that's been kind of a, a wrecker in the backfield has been uh, Michael Bennett. Um, he's been playing even more snaps. How at this age is he able to reduce it to slow? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he's been battling some he's been battling some injury situations. I mean, it's all hands on deck. I mean, you know, you have to do it. But um, you know, he's 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 very very productive rushing the passer, and he's been uh, he's been active and made some big plays. The, the, the play he made on the first series on the zone read, um, that's a tough play to make. You know, they're faking that they're handing the ball off, and he's got to be able to tackle that guy, and then the quarterback pulls it. He's got to be able to tackle that guy, but that that might have saved us four points in that situation because they were driving. All of a sudden, you put them you know, second and long, and um, we were able to get that stop. So um, we need more of that. We need more of that from all our guys. You're right. We haven't been able to to sub as much as we'd like up front. We'd have four- and even five-man rotation at times last year. Um you know, Josh Sweat left that game with an injury. We were down to three, and those guys are playing tackle positions also. Timmy Jernigan wasn't able to play. So, um, you know, those guys have had to take a, a heavier load. What's it like going up against McVay?
4: What, what makes him good or a challenge?
3: Well, I think it, it sort of falls to the other stuff um, we talked about. You know, the tempo is a bit of a challenge. Um, interchangeable players. Um you know, and then I, one of the biggest things is, the, um, you know, they they can run the ball really well. Gurley, um, there's a lot of different ways that they can use um, him, and then their run sets up those deep passes, and they put a lot of pressure on deep on the field. So they just challenge you in a, you know every different level. You have to if you don't play to run very well, you're not going to you're not going to beat them. If you don't play the deep balls very well, you're not going to beat them. You don't play the screen well, you're not going to beat them. If you don't handle, handle tempo well. Lot of different tempos you're not going to beat them if you miscommunicate you're going to look bad um you know all those things go um hand in hand nice. six and seven, is he having a six and seven
4: season?
3: that's what that's what our record is so that's uh, that's on that's on um that's on everybody um but he's a very productive player for us um he's one of the best players in the league um you know but when it's all said and done, that's what our that's what our record is, and I I, I think Fletcher would probably tell you the same. I mean, even if you have a great game and get a couple sacks, and yeah, um, one one of them taken away with um, with an accepted penalty, you know, um, trying to get a team out of field goal range that's tough for a defensive player too. I mean, um, but it's all about the scoreboard. It's all about um, getting wins, and we're not satisfied with any statistic or any individual play when uh, we don't come out with a win.
4: It sounded like earlier you referenced that opening kickoff that everybody's talking about. I know it's not a defensive thing, but what did you think of that play and the officiating as a whole in that game?
3: Well, officiating's not my my place. But, you know, you have to understand how it happened. It's a tight play, and the ball comes out, and the officials didn't rule fumble on the field. So it goes to replay, and then they see that it was a fumble, but then they need to see clear recovery. And even though it was pretty obvious that uh, we had the ball, you couldn't see that clear recovery on the um, on the um, you know thing. From what I from what I understand, I mean it's unfortunate because we did get the ball out, we did recover it, but um, you know doesn't doesn't always mean that you get the call. And you know you just have to like if they had if they had called it a fumble on the field, obviously we got the ball, and we would have got it. But I mean that's that's a tight call when when those guys are all spread out for a kickoff, you don't get. Uh, officials as close to the play as they do on an offensive play there's a lot of things that went into it i'd say certainly um would have been nice to steal an extra possession put the offense in position right there we didn't get it there's a half a dozen other plays that maybe something happened maybe they you know maybe maybe they missed a call here or you know a ball bounced this way instead of another way or you know a defender tips a ball and looks like we're going to knock it down and Ball bounces right to their guy's football. I mean, you know, we have plenty of time to plenty of other plays to be able to make those plays. We can't point to that play as you know they'll play a the game. It was just one of the plays of the game.
4: have
1: having been with him and coached against him this year. What do you make of him as a coach?
3: I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm. It, it's it's a it's a bummer for me anytime coaches um, get let go, but that, that sort of. Yeah. Okay.
2: So Golden Tate only played, I think, twenty
1: snaps this week. I mean, what, what, I guess, what's the reasoning for that? Especially after the way he played the week before, and he was pretty heavily involved the week before. Yeah,
2: he, he, he uh, obviously, Golden's a really good player, and um, you know he can do a lot of things for our offense. And we played probably a little bit more twelve personnel in this game. I uh, liked our matchup with our two tight ends on the field, and um, obviously, then there's only two wideouts in the game been really productive when he
4: has been targeted. Um, what, have, what have been the, the issues of not
2: getting him more involved this season? Uh, well, we got a lot of guys we're trying to get involved, Jeff. So, I mean, there's only one ball, you know, but you're right. I mean, Dallas is, is making a lot of really good plays and we're trying to create new ways each and every week to to make sure that he is, uh, to ensure that he's getting um, some touches in the game because he's been really productive when he been able to get his hands on the ball. Is, is there anything just a- like it's tough with two tight ends, and um, especially two tight ends that maybe have some similar similar uh, skill sets. I didn't hear the first it's part. Having two tight ends is that one of the reasons? No, it's not that? tough with two tight ends. It's just there's you know there's only one ball, so um, we can only get it to one guy at a time. And, and look, we we think that Dallas is going to be a really good football player for a long time. Uh, we're really glad that we have him on our team. Um, you know, he's somebody that people are going to have to deal with uh, certainly each and every week going forward, and. Um, you know, to pair him with with uh, with Zach and and Alshon and Nelly and Golden and those guys. I mean, um, the, you know, we got we got good skill, but uh, like I said, there's only one ball, so can only go one place on a, on each play. And so, Mike,
4: how do you navigate
2: this
4: uh-huh. forward here in these next three games? When so you want to get Goddard on the
2: field, like you said, but to have him on, you got to take someone off, and that's Golden Tate when you're in 12. How do you navigate that? Well, I mean, it's it's just a balance, you know. Um, it's, it's just trying to find the right balance and, and try to get those guys in the right position so that uh, you know they can make the plays that we need to, to help us win. Um, but that changes each and every week. I mean, we try to play the game that we think that we need to play that week um, against a defense that, that we're facing. And um, so every week will be a little bit different in that regard.
1: Against Washington,
4: it seemed that moving Carson around, getting him out of the pocket was really a productive way to – to get him settled and and going, you didn't do any of that against Dallas. Was that something different with their defense or?
2: Yeah. Again, from a schematic standpoint, you're trying to exploit uh, areas that you feel like they you know, a defense may, may be uh, less efficient than others. And, and, and some cases in the Washington game, I think, uh, you know, Carson was able to create on his own and, and uh, escape the pocket and made some plays outside the pocket. So um, you can never predict when that's going to happen. and, uh, obviously, Carson uh, is really good once he does that, has had a ton of production in his career uh, outside the pocket when he's being able to escape and, and, uh, and make plays off schedule. What, did
4: you make of Carson, what, what have you
2: made of Carson's accuracy lately? Um, I think Carson's uh, completion percentage is up almost 10 percentage points over last year. So uh, I know that was something that we set as a goal to improve upon. He's done a great job with that. I mean, that's uh, almost unheard of at this level. Um, to be able to increase your, your completion percentage like the way that he's done. And um, you're never going to complete them all, but obviously that's the goal. On that option play um, on third and one, what's the risk reward there? I know Doug said he thought the end was going to pinch down, but you're running an option to the short side of the field, or it seems like a tough play to get off. Well, not, not when you have the leverage that we think that we that we thought we were going to get, like Coach said. Um, and, you know, i got to give Dallas credit. Uh, DeMarcus Lawrence made a really good play on it, and, uh, we got strung out and we didn't make it. So um, we had we had a, a good scheme in for the right reasons, a solid play, and and uh, it didn't work. If it was you know was something that we didn't uh, do a good job of of, of studying, um, then that would be a different question. But uh, the guy made a play. Um, you know, we studied all their tendencies we spent a lot of time doing it and, and thought we had a good call on them. um having a strong escort on the option I think a week before.
4: yeah yeah you guys so success I mean, with uh, especially yeah. against edge rushers that are aggressive kind of using that against them before Von Miller last year was that kind of the game plan with DeMarcus um, and, and that, yeah like that?
2: like coach said we were anticipating a certain you know a certain stunt from the front and it didn't play out that way so you got to give Dallas credit
4: 12
3: and 11 And obviously, if you're playing 12, receivers got to come off the field. Do you envision at some point, though, uh, Golden could play in 12? Yeah, he can.
2: Yeah, it doesn't mean we eliminate Golden uh, completely when we get in 12 personnel. Yeah, he certainly could be in the game, depending on what we want to get done. Absolutely. Carson
4: Wentz, the quarterback that said, what are the areas that you still want to see him improve? Where are those, that room for growth?" Yeah, that
2: would be between Carson and and the coaching staff, what we want to get done. I don't don't think we're going to discuss that um, in this forum, but... Um, you know, we, we all have things that we want to improve on collectively as a group. That's, you know, that's including myself uh, and and to a man uh, in the locker room. So uh, we all got to work to that to that point every day. Season? Yeah, we just talked about one of them and being his completion percentage. Um, he's done a really good job with that. And, um, uh, you know, so sitting where we are, you know, th- there's a lot of things that we, we all need to get better at. And uh, that's what we're in here trying to get done. You
4: obviously had a chance to, uh, to work with DiFilippo. What's your reaction to uh, that? To well, I just heard to... that
2: before I walked down here. So John's a, a really good friend, and I uh, obviously feel for he, for him um, today. Uh, and unfortunately, that's part of this business. But um, he's a good friend, and um, I wish him all the best. My
4: place Carson has not improved at has been third down this year. His numbers are way down. I mean, is there just enough blame to go all around? Yeah, I mean, it yeah, I mean yeah, you know,
2: Sunday we were bad on third down, and th- that wasn't just Carson. Um, you know, when you go one for nine on third down, um, it's never just just one guy. Uh, it's, it's, a you know, a collection of issues, and, and we had those issues show up, and we were one for one, and then 0 for eight after that with the one-fourth down conversion, um, which was a big one. Uh, we got the Sproles and, and put us in position to score. So uh, we've got to do a better job uh, on third down and sustaining our drives and, um, you know, getting, getting more points out and more production Uh, in the first half Um, obviously that was a big issue for us the other day 17 plays and in the first half and uh, simply not good enough not when you're playing uh, you know a good team like Dallas and we know that they're talented on defense and they present their challenges but we expect more from ourselves there has been very effective when you've used him how do you balance uh,
1: his snap count with how many injury with his injury history and his age obviously
2: well, I don't think we're factoring any age into it, but certainly coming off the injury, we, you know, uh, Deuce manages that and and, uh, and does a really good job with the substitution pattern and um, keeping a close eye on those guys.
3: What stood out when you to you look look at, about the uh, um, early when you, when you look at the Rams' uh, defense from an offensive coordinator standpoint, does it start with the front and Aaron Donald and Dominic and Sue? Yeah. What do you
2: think? <laughs> 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 yeah, they get your attention pretty quickly. You yeah, really talented up front and. Uh, very disruptive. So um worthy of all the praise that they've gotten. What
4: stood out yeah. to you about Doc and
2: your time there? Uh both tremendous uh players. You could see the talent uh and the commitment that they have to the game. They love the game of football and um you know they're they have had uh really productive seasons. Todd having MVP type numbers and, and Jared uh Jared throwing the, the, the ball really well. So um both those guys are, are playing at a high level. You, you're the only
4: person that's ever worked with both these quarterbacks that were one and two in, in the draft. Um, you know, how do you see Goff v uh, v Wentz and where do they where do they? Well, I don't get a chance for? to
2: see Jared a ton, you know. But I, I mean, I've, their team's having a really good year, so um, <clears throat> I know he's he's played he's played well and played at a high level. That's you know, I don't I don't get to study him a ton during during the season. Go back and um, certainly study a lot of people over over the off season. But um, we love Carson Wentz here. Uh, I'm glad to be here with the Eagles in this organization. And Carson's going to be the quarterback of this team for a long time and uh, is going to help his team win a lot of football games. So um, we just got to, you know, collectively we got to get back on track and, and uh, do what we do best. Well,
4: Josh had a pretty big run early in the game against the Cowboys, um, but there wasn't a lot of balance in this one, even though you guys weren't that far behind. Why do you think that was?
2: Well, I think part of it was, we, you know, we didn't have a good first half. I think 17 plays in the first half. And, um, you know, one of those drives was a two-minute drive. So, they, you know, they were all passes there. That might have been four or five of those plays um, before the turnover. So, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of opportunities. And that goes back to the third down question. You know, we got to convert on third down, put ourselves in manageable third down situations to make. Um, and then in, in the second half, uh, uh, again, um, had a, we're getting a lot of production out of the passing game. Carson was, whatever, 10 or 14 or something like that in the fourth quarter. Uh, two touchdown passes so you can't ask for a better better quarter than than that from your quarterback and two game time drives so um, you know again we, we got to find that balance but we got to we got to start earlier start faster and we've talked about that a lot and um, we know that we know the issue not just one thing but um, when we do that and we start fast, and you know the game seems to go have a little bit more flow.
4: Along those lines, though, it just seems so like the fourth quarter, everything suddenly was working. You were getting the ball to Tate, to Goddard, to Jordan Matthews. Why was it so different from the previous three quarters? What changed uh, to make things so much more achievable?
2: Yeah, I don't know that any one thing changed. It just, um, you know, you just kind of find find a rhythm. And um, uh, once you get into a little bit of rhythm and, and the chains start moving and, I don't know, you, you, you get the defense on their heels a little bit. and um, They had us on, on our heels early and, and we weren't able to get that reversed and then we got a little bit of traction and then we were able to, to play pretty effectively. Mike,
4: despite the Rams' front, I mean, they're giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Uh, I think they got the third highest rushing average. In the league, I mean, does that surprise you? And is that an area that you can exploit? And, and I mean, why are they giving up so much with that front?
2: Yeah, when I heard that, and obviously studying them, it was surprising to, to find that out, um, given who they have up front. So, um, you know, we, we got to do it. We got to put a good plan together, and um, you know, we got to we got to give the backs creases to run in. We got to cover these guys up, We got to sustain our blocks. A great job uh, blocking on the perimeter when we call the runs, and um, you know we got to stick with them. So,
4: Mike, with the the
2: lack of success the offense has had in general this year, there's going to be a lot of criticism, and a lot of that's going to fall on you as a coordinator. You know, up to wondering about your job security. How do you handle that criticism? I just come to work, and um, you know, I don't, I don't really get involved with with any of that stuff. Just trying to put a great plan together and try to win one game this week. How do
4: you found- and what, what gives them trouble when you do have two um, receiving tight ends
2: that can catch the ball down the field? Do they do they match up with two safeties generally? I mean, some teams you know, will, some teams will play um, uh, a safety on, on one of them or a big nickel, if you will. Um, change up, you know, change up schematically rather than state-based defense. Um, you try to predict that as best you can based on how they might have played other people on tape and and how the, you know you you feel like they might judge the uh, skill level of those players.
4: On the, uh, the sack bubble last week, was there anything Carson could have done in that spot or was it a matter of just that done on the left side of getting
2: home? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just just getting ready to release the ball, so it was just kind of one of those things.
4: Mike, have you guys done any, uh, any studies on uh, when you're running tempo and how that has – and how those drives have resulted? In other words, have you found trends where – you know, tempo is equaling. I don't have play. any
2: numbers for you if that's if that's the answer that you're looking for. I do, I do know there's you know we had a lot of comfort level, um, you know, in that in that part of our offense, and um, so uh, when, you know when we are struggling, that's something that is something that we can you know look to do, and have looked to do. We've also done it to start games. So um, you know we have a, a comfort level operating at the line of scrimmage. I think the guys are confident in what we're doing there. Mike, not a lot
4: of offenses play prominent. A twelve personnel uh, look. Is there a downside to that? If, if I'm not suggesting you're going to do that at any time soon, but I mean, is there a downside to using twelve personnel? Say sixty percent of your uh, offensive play. I think
2: or it's or just it? week to week. You know, it depends on who you're playing and and uh, you know the w- way you think you match up, really. So uh, I, to say, there's no, there's not a downside, and, but I think it's week to week. I mean, sometimes you have better better advantage in different personnel group and than others. So. Um, you know that's that's what we're doing, trying to figure those things out. Yep. Thank you much.
1: Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show. It seems smart. It seems smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include